Hello and welcome to another Out in the Field edition of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. And I have some great guests today. I'm going to talk with Ari and Mo of Zingerman's Community of Businesses, which originally started as Zingerman's Deli in Ann Arbor, Michigan in 1982. So Ari and Mo, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having us. So uh, let's uh, let's define that term because uh, I think that might be a new one to some folks. Community of businesses. Can you explain that concept a little bit? Sure. Uh, you know, uh, Paul and I started the deli in 82, as you said. And uh, long story short, but when we got going, it was just me and Paul and a couple employees and 1,300 square feet and not a lot of space. And, and uh, you know, from the beginning, our vision was that we really only wanted to have the one deli. We didn't want to have multiple delis. Uh, we didn't want a chain. We didn't want a franchise or whatever. And we, you know, in quotes, succeeded at doing that. And we grew the business uh, over whatever the first 10, 12 years and reached a point that uh, I guess I could equate quickly uh, here to our organizational midlife, at which point we had a, entered into a long discussion or dialogue about how to continue to grow yet stay true to that original uh, vision of not opening other uh, delis and what we came up with was the idea of creating a community of businesses uh, where we would have all of these uh, semi-autonomous Zingerman's businesses all here in the Ann Arbor area uh, operating as one organization but each with its own uh, unique specialty and uh, each with managing partners like Mo uh, who are in there leading the way to uh, making that business great and actually owned part of that business and had a real passion for whatever it did. So that's that's what we do, and today that includes uh, our creamery, our coffee roasting, uh, the mail order, as, as you mentioned, uh, our baked house, uh, the roadhouse, which is a sit-down restaurant with regional American food, coffee roasting, what am I forgetting, Mo? Zing train. Like there's something, Zing train, which is their little training and construction. Yeah. So, so is there is there a little bit of a, of, of a co-op idea behind this? Um, or, I mean, is there are, are some of the folks that that now are managing partners, were they uh, once uh, pastrami eaters? They might all be pastrami eaters, <laughs> unless they're vegetarians. Yeah. Uh, Mo? Yeah, we come from all, all different backgrounds. Some of us grew up inside the organization yeah. and then started businesses, you know, as we became managers and wanted to do something bigger and better. Um, some have been corporate refugees who have left big businesses and wanted to start something small, but maybe not just completely go off on their own, but join an organization that they really appreciated. And some are serial entrepreneurs who started other businesses and then um, fell in love with the kind of idea and spirit around ours and joined up and have their own business now. One of the questions I always like to ask uh, business owners, and I, and I know that my listeners like to hear, um, you, you talked about the idea of, of you know growing this business but staying true to your kind of original vision, and I, and I know you explained it in terms of only having a one store, you didn't want a franchise, but, but you know, what's, what's the secret sauce that's, that's part of the vision that's allowing you to create these other businesses and have them succeed as well? I mean, is there, is there sort of a driving, you know, cultural element, brand element? I mean, uh, it's kind of the, the what's the secret to your success question, but uh, I'll throw that out to both or, or either. Well, I, I, there is no secret. I mean, it's a ton of work. I, you know, we, we actually start everything really with a vision. So, uh, you know, we have a, we, we wrote a vision in the early 90s for Zingerman's 2009, which outlined this community of businesses. Uh, it doesn't it didn't say then, uh, you know, what kind of business specific businesses would exist. Just uh, basically what I described to you, that we would have them, that we would operate as one organization, but with these 
uh, writing the next vision for the organization, which is Ingerman's 2020, and it's true to the 2009, but more extensive. And uh, you know, if, if there's one thing I guess I would say, it's that we start with the end in mind that way, and then we work towards it. So it's not about responding to what opportunities might pop up. It's about figuring out what we want success to look like, and then working together to get there. However flawed or imperfect every day's work might be. Well, in agreement, but I'll add, like at the at the small detail level of being an entrepreneur, where I've been, um, one thing that's really great when you're in a community of businesses here, the, the franchise, you know, you kind of buy into. Here's what the your front door is going to look like. Here's what your bathroom's going to look like. Here's the products you're going to sell and what you're going to price them at, and so on. And in exchange for that, we're going to give you a lot of support and ad dollars and so on. And here, what's wonderful is we get the support side of it which is we've got an HR department, and if you're starting a business, you're really not going to be able to have one of those. So here we've got expertise built in there. We've got some financial expertise. We've got some marketing and graphics people that can help you with your business. But as far as the business goes, um, what you want to sell and what you're passionate about are what you're going to do. You don't have to cookie-cutter a business from scratch. In fact, we can't. We don't copy each other, and we don't um, replicate what someone else has already done in the community. So is the opportunity available to somebody to come to you with a with an idea and, and say, here, I, w- I want to be one of these businesses. I want to be in the community. Is that is that how a new one gets started? It is. Yeah. So for podcasters. Awesome. Other <laughs> than that, it's wide open. Well, I'm glad you mentioned the vegetarian thing, though, because uh, I, I'm a vegetarian podcaster. So We, we could have a vegetarian <laughs> restaurant. I was well, just saying, you said that they like pastrami. Yeah, well, I know. I just I associate pastrami with delis. I don't know why. So, a big part of your business now is is catalog, uh, and and I'm assuming that that's uh, that that's run as one unit, but it probably draws draws from some of the other businesses, and and I may be wrong on that, but, yeah, but well, we we certainly reinforce and sell to each other and reinforce each other's brand. So, customers that shop with me at, at our mail order online and phone are certainly a lot of them are customers also at our restaurant and at our catering and our consulting and so on. So we, we share a lot of customer base for sure, and we also sell to each other, um, which I think you might have been getting at, which is our bakehouse actually sells us product that we buy at a wholesale rate. Well, and, and one of the things I, I, I do want to touch on a little bit is is this whole idea of Internet marketing, leveraging the Internet, do all the, all the things that people are doing online now in various businesses, and I know that that's something that, that you all have, have tapped Seemingly uh, pretty successfully, but but before I get into that, uh, a, a lot of your success uh, was really kind of uh, catalog marketing, right? Kind of kind of more old school. What, what is seen as old school now is that still, even though we're going to address the internet, is is the the catalog and and direct mail and and some of the more offline ways is is that still viable for your business in in looking towards twenty twenty? It is for now. Um, you know, the, who knows what will happen in 20 years. You know, when I started the business in 94, uh, there was no inkling that we were going to be doing a web business years later or five years later. So who knows what kind of business we'll be doing later. But as for now, mailing catalogs and postcards and letters to people um, is still proving to be a good way to drive people to make phone calls to us or hop online and buy from us. Um, when we mail a catalog, we see our see our sales go up, and the customers like to get them, and still profitable for us. 
do you think the the fact that you've had the ability to integrate some some online with this offline has actually uh, made both of them more effective? Oh, sure, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, I think that um, what your your catalog experience and your web experience have to be look in sync to a customer, and when that happens, you're you're certainly going to be um, benefiting from it. Now, I know in in reading some some backstory on the the, the Amex Open. Uh, uh, book that you were featured in as a case study that uh, pay-per-click's a, a big part of your online presence. Is that uh, um, going to continue to be the case? or? Yeah, I think there's a limit to it right now for us. Like I, I, I've still noticed that as much as we um, want that to be a great driver of traffic and uh, to kind of beat rental names, which are the way you most catalogs grow by renting from a pool of cooperative names and mailing off catalogs to people who've never heard of you, the junk mail stuff. Um, We'd all like to get out of that business. And Google's AdWords and Yahoo's AdWords have been a great way for us to start going into the non-print mailing prospecting, but it really hasn't, uh, doesn't have as big attraction to kind of take over and get rid of mailing catalogs yet, but it's certainly, it's growing year by year. Uh, it's our, one of our fastest-growing areas. And, and is that partly a control issue? In other words, you can't go out to somebody and buy a million clicks or a million impressions necessarily, but you can buy a million names? I mean, is that is that why that hasn't been as much as you'd like to see it be? You know, that's a good question. I think in part it's with, if you get my catalog in the mail, our catalog in the mail, it looks really beautiful. It's mm-hmm. distinct. It's, right. It does a great job of selling. You can hold on to it and so on. Whereas an ad word that's up for a moment on a screen really doesn't distinguish between each other. Uh, There's just two lines of copy. You've got to try your best there. And you're up bidding against lots of other companies with deep pockets who may be not using it to try to make money, but just to build brand for themselves. Yeah, and a richly photographed catalog, you can almost start to taste and smell the food, can't you? You can, although uh, we don't use photographs, so... uh, (laughs) Oh, it's all illustrations. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Vegetarians. <laughs> that's right. Well, so uh, I got to I got to know um, about this uh, bacon chocolate bar. Yeah, <laughs> that uh, that's a big seller. I understand, and it uh, vegetarian would notwithstanding, it sounds like an interesting combination. Well, ha- was that an accident, or uh, is that just somebody fiddling around saying this? This sounds kind of good. Well, it's a. Uh... A friend of ours made it a business in Chicago um, run by Katrina Markoff named Vosges Chocolates. Um, And it was, you know, been her and I talking for a while about different things that could be done with chocolate and uh, hit upon bacon and then she went with it. And since then, yeah, it's been kind of a phenomenon for us and for her included. It's it's a great seller. So has the internet and, and, and the fact that people are moving in various ways and, and certainly looking for transactions and you're, you're finding new, a new generation of shoppers in a way maybe that don't read catalogs, is that changing the way that you're doing business in general? I can talk about it from the sales end. I think Ari can talk about it from like the branding and the training end. But um, from the sales end, it, it's not changing our office who works here and we're not changing how we pack boxes and how we give service to customers and so on but it's just it, it is doing something that's a little different for us because we've 
we're really used to talking to people and talking to them about what they eat. Yeah. When you're shopping online, there's we've kind of lost that ability to talk directly to a customer. So we have to watch what they're doing and watch what they're buying um, and try to uh, interact with them as much as we can online. But without that direct face-to-face, we know what you're saying um, thing. But I believe the fact that we've got all these retail businesses and we've got a regular phone business and that we get to talk to customers here all the time in our other businesses mm. teaches us a lot about food that an internet-only business just wouldn't know. Um, and so we know what people really like to eat because they're here in our delicatessen and our roadhouse restaurant sitting down and eating it day by day and telling us what they think about it. I agree. I mean, it, you know, it changes it, but I mean, I don't know. You know, does snow tires change the way you drive? Yeah, probably, but I mean, you're still going from one place yeah. to the next. And, uh, you know, I think it's just learning how to take the, our values and our, you know, beliefs in, in food and in people and, and relationships and the community and just, you know, use these new tools that will continue to appear. I mean, so, you know, certainly it changes it. I mean, you can have a lot more quick interactions with the customer. You know, you can exchange 10 emails in 20 minutes, and, you know, in the old days, you'd be calling them back, you know, and leaving messages on their house, you know, answering <laughs> machine. But, you know, it's 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 ultimately still the same thing, which is getting great food to people with great service and providing a really good workplace for the people that are doing it. We never do that perfectly, but the better we do it, the better it'll work. Well, and, and, and what you're describing, and, and I imagine in the early days, a lot of your success was just the experience that people had. and. <laughs> the food and the, and the people that waited on them and the, and uh, the the place the physical place itself and and that gets lost I think a lot a lot on the internet. However, I, I do think that some of the new social media tools uh, are really bringing some of that maybe back around again because of the ability for people to write reviews and to to rate and to to even upload their own videos of their experience at places. And so, uh, uh, tell me a little bit: are you uh, are you tapping into the world of of, of blogs and uh, I read something about your uh, your video cam that you have uh, in the coffee roasting uh, place. Uh, are, are you is that something that you see as a big part of your online presence? No, I'm not really pursuing it right yet. One of the things that we mentioned with them in the Amex thing is we're we're kind of not the early adopters with technology. We watch and wait and see a little bit rather than jump onto the and you know the. Although I, I do think that a lot of this building of a community is probably something that is really going to work for us. Um, there's some parts of it that I just I'm waiting out and seeing. For example, reviewing uh, food. Um, you know, if you read what we write, we rarely ever like review food. We tell you about who makes it. We tell you about why it's different than something else. But there's no such thing as like a point scale for olive oil that we use or anything like that because we think that there's lots of different reasons why you'd want a particular food and there's no you know is italian olive oil better than french olive oil it's kind of an absurd question they're for different cuisines they're for different times they're for different places and they each have their own great traditions and so strictly reviewing stuff has always kind of rubbed me the wrong way so i've kind of laid off and not put that on our website but is there something else like how people used it at home um and they write that and include that as a, a link that we have in the copy that's possible, um, and so we're we're just kind of waiting and seeing how these how people like to use the interactivity on other sites, and then um, start rolling it out on ours after they get a little bit more mature. Yeah, well, I think that that as you suggested, 
having the I mean I think food is something that people uh, can get pretty excited about from a community standpoint and yeah. and, and I think that you know uh, the, there's some pretty neat things going on in terms of what the customers or the users or whatever we want to call them uh, um, g- generating their own content that really supports the brand too and, and there's some pretty fascinating things going on in that in that uh, area. So um, let's wrap this up with uh, tell me a little bit about uh, some of the best sellers. Uh, what, are, what, what are, what's a must-have for the holidays uh, that if somebody's going to go to Zingerman's.com and, and find out more? Wait, Ari, you got any that you're uh, especially high on these days? Well, always. Let's see. What would I be really excited about? Uh, there's so many things. I'm trying to think what's actually on the website, though, right this second, so I don't give you something really obscure that won't show up there. <laughs> but let's see. What's been really great? The raw milk Stilton from Neil's Yard Dairy. I just tasted the new wheel yesterday. It's been fantastic. Uh very excited about some new olive oils coming in from Spain. Mm. Uh, very happy about some of the bacons that we got. I got a little book on bacon coming out this fall, so that's pretty cool. But we got a lot of dry cured bacons on there that we don't ship really in the summer, but starting yeah, back fall we'll be able to do that. So that's pretty exciting. In October, our bacon club uh, renews itself. If you know comes back from vacation all tanned and rested after the summer and we have a three or six month membership you can get to get a bacon every month um, so those, those, yeah those are all good uh, we've got some great uh, breads my favorite bread right now is uh, what we call the roadhouse bread which is the one we did as the signature for the restaurant when we opened but it's really just the old bread of New England from the 18th and 19th centuries it used to be called Ryan Indian bread and it's a mix of rye wheat and corn with a little molasses hmm. I love that. And then our uh, rye bread's been fantastic. Uh, the espresso has been really great. Green cheese. Well, I, I think a little bit of that uh, um, roadhouse bread with some olive oil sounds uh, pretty good right now. would be really good with the handmade cream cheese, actually, from the creamery. Yeah. Go to town. We'll send you some. All right. Well, I, uh, you know, I can't remember the last time I was in Ann Arbor, but uh, um, I'm, I'm, is that... This is terrible. That's where Michigan is or Michigan State? Michigan. Michigan. Okay. Well, I have a daughter playing soccer, and they, they, they end up playing Michigan. So uh, I, I may I may uh, take you up on that. All right. Well, Ari and Mo, uh, Zingerman Community of Business. You can find them at zingermans.com, and uh, I, I think I'm ready to go get something to eat. So <laughs> thanks for joining me, fellas. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Take care. Thank you.